are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats with John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. All right, Shu, let's talk about Jed Fish here. Now, my concern with Jed Fish, I don't know that I've been overly impressed by the coaching through a few games. Now, again, to use a phrase that we used before, it's totally bereft of talent. So, but it doesn't look like he's putting his guys in any kind of position to succeed. And more so than anything, it doesn't look like they know what they're doing out there. It doesn't look like anything is coherent. It doesn't look like the quarterbacks are grasping his playbook at all. And he mentioned that in the post game, which I thought was an interesting comment when he said, these guys clearly don't understand what we're trying to do out here, which, well, coach, I mean, that's on that's you. That's on you. Yeah, that's on you. What are you thinking, Shu? That's an interesting That's an interesting thing to say at a press conference, and I wonder if he's going to walk a little bit of that back Mm -hmm. as the week progresses here. Uh, I think the concern, well, obviously there's a bunch of concerns the way that the NAU game uh, unraveled. But one of the things that I think surprised them is that this was the first major test of just being under pressure and not necessarily handling the pressure of the moment very well. Right. You know, you had the BYU game where you played above your head uh, and, and made it interesting. And remember, just two weeks ago, we're talking about how sure. awesome right. he's, a, Get it. how much he's he communicates really well on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got good dialogue with his quarterback. They're making adjustments in the second half and moving the football. Right. You know, they were doing all of those things in the second half and looking at this, man, after that BYU game, gone, maybe these guys can win four right. or five. Right. You know, and, and, then, and then San Diego State exposed them for what they are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, put the, it's, it's ugly. It's embarrassing. You don't want to lose to San Diego State, but you can argue with San Diego State. 11-win football team. They're the 12th winningest program in the country in the last five years. You know, now if you want to do extrapolate that further, they're, what, 3-0 and against right. the Pac-12 South? Right. Something right. like that. Right. You know, so so they, they, they just keep beating people, and they beat good teams, too. Mm-hmm. San Diego State's good, right. so that's excusable. For sure. That's excusable. New program, you know, got, got, our, got, got punched in the nose a little bit. Things were okay. The problem with NAU, okay, there is not a the problem with NAU, yes, right. but, when it, but, but one of the coaching issues that I think came to the fore is that it felt like Arizona panicked. Mm-hmm. And when, as it was one of those things, you hear about this all the time, when the favorite is in a close game, the pressure is on the favorite. Right. And it seemed as though Arizona was the team and the coaching staff, maybe, that didn't handle that pressure very yes. well. All right. And and when you get into the pressure cooker, mm-hmm. then that's when you need to be able to buckle under, get things situated, and figure out what it is you're going to do. Right. Now, and now, now, is that what you saw? Did you see yeah, that? I, I saw. I saw a team that I saw a team that just looked overwhelmed, and also a coaching staff. It just there was nothing coherent out there whatsoever. It didn't look. And honestly, and I think a big part of this, and this isn't to blame Fish. So far, the quarterback play has been absolutely abysmal. I mean, we've seen some bad quarterbacking at the U of A. This is up there. I mean, there were times when it just looked like Arizona struggled to complete passes against NAU, and and Plummer just looked uncomfortable out there. And that can't happen against NAU. 
No. I just, I, it just can't. No, right. And this is, this, this is one of the things, and Mike, you and I talked about this last week, and I kind of went on one of my, uh, you know, blathering rant fests when folks were talking about, you know, this quote-unquote quarterback controversy, mm-hmm. whether it was going to be Cruz or whether it was going to be Plummer. And my thought was, neither of them are particularly good, so just play them. And see what happens, you know, maybe, maybe someone will take over the position. So the expectation that all of a sudden Plummer was going to turn the light on and be awesome and right. be the guy and just rest the starting job from the other dude right. always seemed kind of like a pipe dream to me. Mm-hmm, sure. Now, what I didn't expect, of course, is that it would be this disastrous. Right. You know, but I was not, you know, when I watched Plummer, yeah, Plummer's got some tools, but I wasn't impressed with him against BYU. Right. So the fact that he was better-ish against San Diego State, again, when the game was out of touch, right. well, so the hell what? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, uh, and, and that's kind of, that's how I feel about McLeod now in the, um, in the NAU game. They had an 85-yard drive, great. NAU was playing prevent defense. What are right. you talking about? Yeah, for sure. They wanted to milk clock. Prove it to me, possession after possession after possession. And the reality here is, I think, Mike, that because you don't have a running game mm-hmm. and you don't have receivers outside of Berry Hill right. who can separate from anybody, even if your quarterback was great, who's he throwing to? Right. I mean, it doesn't I, matter if they're not matter. open. And so, so to some degree, I don't know if Cruz is – making mistakes and plumbers making mistakes and McLeod's making mistakes if the fourth string guy over a delta gamma whatever it is is uh you know can't quite figure out the playbook just yet yeah yeah i don't it, it's just right. there if you don't have receivers this is it, it this is how bad it is we're in we're in obvious mode mm. everything we say here is obvious correct if you don't have receivers, your quarterback can't be particularly good. Right. If you don't have a running game, then teams are going to scheme against your passing game, which isn't very good. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive team, you're going to spend about 35 seconds trying to figure out Arizona. Right. And your game plan is, you know what we could do? We could put seven guys on Berry Hill. Right. And they're right. Well, all right, sure. right, let's try that. Right. And guess what? It'll work. Right. Now... And I'll tell you what, why don't we take a quick break, and we're going to talk about that on the other side. Again, These this didn't look like a group of guys that had Bilt Bar, and you know what? At that stage, they either haven't been listening to Locked On, and that's on them at this point. All right, thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke. All right, Schuster, how far away is Arizona from being good? Could be three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at least three years. Right. Let's use... Let's use the Chip Kelly model as an example here. Is Kelly in year three or year four? Uh, year four. Okay. Right. This is finally the year where it looks as though UCLA has talent to be favorably competitive. Right. Take that for what it's worth. Right. I don't know if favorably competitive means at the end of the year they win eight or if they win the Pac-12 South. Right. Okay. But based on their talent level, their recruiting that he's been able to get to UCLA— mm-hmm. It appears that UCLA is now favorably competitive. Can right. he build upon it? I don't know. Right. We'll find out. But they're at a point, they've, they, it looks like they've taken a talent leap this year. So if you're patient, you can get there. Right. ASU, same thing with ASU and Herm Edwards. Right. ASU is, this is hard to fathom given that USC's in the Pac-12 South. Mm-hmm. But ASU's the stupidest team by possibly a, in the Pac-12. By a mile. Yeah. They're just, they can't get out of their own Correct. way. But 
the talent is clearly there. Right. They clearly have... They, they, lot, they have a lot of really good players. They have a lot of really good players. They're just dumb right, right now. for sure. And they've got to get that fixed, or they're going to be mid, a lot more middling than they thought they were. But right. the talent is there. Mm-hmm. So their recruiting upgrade is in place. What did that take? Three or four years. Right. So um, can Arizona do that? Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. If... If this thing is moving in the right direction, you're going to see incremental steps, and then you're going to be, prop- and then you're going to see a significant jump by year f- in year four. Right. I think, but that's what I think it is. You and I have talked a lot, Mike, about how this is a long-term investment. Right. It isn't less of a long-term investment because they lost to NAU. In the in the grand scheme of whatever all of this is, what you were talking about at the end of the year was that Arizona was going to be. A zero-win team, a one-win team, a two-win team, maybe a three-win team. Right. None of those are good numbers. No. You know, so so I don't want to say so what because it's awful. Right. You know, it's a bad, bad loss that we will, Wildcat fans, even though you're not paying attention, will never forget that you lost to NAU. Right. That there was that that you're never going to forget that. But four years from now, if you recruit better talent. You can be competitive, and right. then and then think, think think things were just fine. If anyone suggests, and of course somebody will, that fish should be fired after three games, what do you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, did you oh, expect Arizona to be good? Did you expect it? You obviously didn't expect Arizona to be this embarrassingly bad. Right. But in but you also didn't expect Arizona to be good, and I think most folks out there recognize someone left them with nothing. Right. You know. So how much of this is fish not getting the job done? The big question here, I think is that they've got to make, this has to be the bottom. And what I mean by that is you can't go out and lose by 50 to Oregon, Mm -hmm. followed by losing to 50 to whoever is on the schedule, followed by losing to 50 whoever else is on the schedule, followed by losing to 50, you know, to the next team on the schedule. You've got to make incremental improvements to try to stabilize it a little bit to create some sort of belief. The the issue that Fish has right now, other than, is, okay, Maybe you panicked. Maybe you need to do some self-scouting. Maybe this got out of hand. Maybe you better watch yourself when it comes to blaming your players publicly. Right. That may be an issue after game three after something. I don't know. Maybe that's a good coaching move. We'll find out. Right. Maybe saying the right things behind the scenes. But you can't lose the team. Right. Because then you've got a lot of issues and it makes it tougher to recruit. And I think it's incredibly hard to recruit at that point as well because, you know what, I mean, you know what nobody ever wants to hear? Well, you know what, I think you lost the team. Mm -hmm. That's not ever going to be a, you know, that's the one thing that I think is very difficult because that's what your job as a coach is. Is right. to not is to you know get guys at least to be going in your favor and to be able to, you know, have guys going in the same direction. And if that happens, then you're in a lot of trouble, Schuster. That's right. So, and then, it, like you said, it affects recruiting. We'll probably we'll talk about that a little bit on the other side. Let me ask you this. What would you like? Is there anything that you watched from Arizona where you're like, you know what? I'd like them to be able to do some more of that. Or why aren't they doing this? No, not really. Right. The, the oh, Yes, the only thing is, again, on defense. Mm-hmm. Because I believe it's – I believe and I, I, I think the – you know, body of material has indicated this. Offensively, they're just so limited. Right. They're just, we got, uh, anytime, if we pick Arizona to score 20 points at any point this season, we're out of our minds. Right. Okay, now, maybe they will. 
But right now we're out of our minds. Right, correct. They're yes. just that's just not that they're just not that gifted. And I don't think there's any magic bullet that they're going to be able to come up with. They don't have a genie on the sideline with three wishes say, hey, you know what? I've got I got three six five receivers who run a four three. Bing bing bing. Right. You want those on your roster? Hey, right. that that'd be fantastic right, right now. Let's get them to start against Oregon. Right. You know that's not that's not so. So defensively is where the rest of Arizona's season is key. And I've always felt that. So I think the thing that they need to do better is when they get themselves in position where they've made the right blitz at the right time. And it'll happen. Dr. Blitz <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to be right. able to pick the right time. Force an F and turnover already. Right. Right. You gotta be able. You've gotta be able to stop possessions by forcing turnovers because your offense is gonna wear your defense out because they're just not very good. Right. You're gonna lose time of possession. You're gonna be three and out. And and this is the issue that Arizona runs into, and this this is what happens with talented teams. This is something we talked about, Mike, two or three weeks ago, and we were trying to figure out what it was, the difference between Fish and the difference between a limited Stoops team. Stoops came at the approach with his bend-but-don't-break defense, and I think a lot of that was because he wanted to limit possessions because he knew offensively they were, you know, they were, they, they were a little limited. Right. Okay? Um, and, and so the more possessions they had, the more likelihood the defense was ultimately going to wear down. Right. And they were going to lose games 30-10 to 10 as opposed to maybe they can sneak something out if the final is 13-10. Right, right. Or they're close 13-10 to 10 in the fourth. Maybe, maybe they can luck their way into something. The problem, a lot of people, I think, want Fish. And I think Fish wants to be a tempo guy. Mm-hmm. You know, get up to the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, move. You, you know, kind of like Rodriguez. Right. Rodriguez-ish. Right. And that's some, something Rodriguez sort of wanted to do, too. Rodriguez did it after the first down, and then, the, you know, and then teams play tempo and try to get things going the problem with Arizona if that happens is that eventually your defense is going to you know wear down right uh so that's so so if you want to try that thinking that we're really doing this style of offense for a long-term plan in the future okay mm-hmm. uh recognizing that there's a possibility you're going to lose a lot lot of games by a lot of points right because your defense is going to make mistakes and they're going to be on the field too long and you're going to wear them down and they're not that talented already so that's the decision that I think has to be made. How fast from a tempo standpoint do you want to go? Right. Uh, and I get that you want to get Barry Hill involved 10 times or more a game. That makes perfect sense. Right. But you got to find somebody. How many times have they thrown to the tight end, Mike? Right. And we, were, we heard all year about how they were uh-huh. going to use the tight end. I honestly don't know if they have a tight end on the roster. I right. don't know if their tight end's any good. Right. I don't sure. know if their tight end is as bad as everybody else and can't get separation or can't get off the block or whatever the situation is. Right. You know, but maybe that's something to look at. But we're looking at small things here and there. I think the issue for Arizona to stay in games is that it has to force turnovers. And that's the thing that they really need to accomplish because – I don't, I don't see any magic elixir that's going to come down the pike that all of a sudden Arizona's offense is talented, competent enough to score on a consistent and basis. And not only that, I don't know. And I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk about this? Why don't we talk about this uh, coming up? Um, you should also check out Prize Play, though. If you want to bet against Arizona, this is the place. It's probably going to be able to hit you in the right direction. I'm an idiot. This is two straight years where I thought Vegas was wrong about Arizona with the over-under. Last year, they had it at one. Arizona went under. This year, they had it at two and a half. They are going to go way under two and a half, which 
is pretty remarkable when you think about it. This is a team that I think best-case scenario wins one game. And you know what? You're going to want to check out prize play, and maybe they'll be able to help you there. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.